born to die He might give Eternal life That I might live Then rose again Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. For Jesus saved my soul that night. Now look in 1 John chapter 3, 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1, and this is what is a very comforting verse because I'm not going to be someday down the road a child of God. Beloved, now are we what? Now we are the sons of God. See what it says in verse 1, chapter 3, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the love of God, of the children of God. We are his children. I am a son of God. And beloved, what manner of love God bestowed upon us that I am now, because of his love for me, the payment Christ made. You see, when you reject Christ, you're rejecting God and you're rejecting, you're rejecting salvation. You're rejecting love. You're rejecting that birth to be into God's family. Maybe you haven't been too impressed with the one you were born into, <laughs> But you get a choice. Now you can get to choose your dad. You can get to choose your home. You can get to choose where you live. You can get to choose to be rich. Because after all, my father, he has, you ought to see what he owns. And the power that he has. It's a good thing to know. But that we should be called the sons of God. Look in verse 2, same chapter. Where it says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. This is talking to God's children. Now, I don't know what I'm going to look like when I get to heaven. I don't know about my, what my new body is going to be like. You don't either. But we're guaranteed by God we're going to get a new body to go with our new birth, and it'll last forever. So don't worry about how you look now. It's temporary anyway. And regards to how good looking you think you are right now and all the girls that look so pretty right now, and don't worry about it. If you live a little bit longer, you're going to change. <laughs> and don't get in front of the mirror and oh, just look at that beautiful head of hair I got. As they say, hair today, gone tomorrow. <laughs> My mama always told me I was going to come out on top. <laughs> you got that. I appreciate that, Tracy. I told her I'd give her five dollars for every one she laughed at. All right, look in First John chapter four and verse four. First John chapter four and verse four. Just so that you know, as you go through, 
See, if he's talking to lost people on how to be saved, then you mutilate the whole book. you got to change everything. Always remember, you keep salvation clear, simple. You're saved by grace. has absolutely nothing to do with how you live. How you live had nothing to do with it. It didn't save you. And how you live afterwards can't take it away. It cannot annul what God has already done. I trusted Christ as my Savior 59 years ago, and it can never be annulled. I'm as much today his child as I was then, and I am no more a child of God today than I was then. I was complete then. I am complete now. But I'm not complete in my growth. I'm not complete in my love. Because, see, there's things that God wants me as his child to learn, and that's what he's going to be talking about. So you see there in verse 4, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Overcome false teachers. Because the only way you can become a child of God is you overcome the false teachers from verse 1, 2, and 3. And you have not listened to the false teaching that leads you astray. You believe the truth. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So he says here, ye are of God little children. Because you were born of God. Remember when Jesus came, told Nicodemus, You must be born again. And he says, that which is born of the flesh, flesh, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Two different births. And you've got to keep them separate. And most people never do. And that's why most preachers cannot rightly divide the word of God because they don't understand that very simple thing. Salvation is the gift of God not by works of man. And they still got to put it together and say, well, you know, you're saved by grace, but and they butted all over the place. The next verse I want you to look at is 1 John 5, verse 13. And verse 13 says, These things have I written unto you that keep the Ten Commandments and go to Calvary Community Church. Amen, brother. <laughs> These things have I written unto you that what? So he's writing to believers. Yes. In every chapter, it says the same thing. He's writing to God's children. Now, When he's writing to God's children, he must want to tell us something. So now we know who he's talking to. Let's go find out what he wants us to know. So go back to chapter 1. Chapter 1, and you'll notice in verse 3, he is not talking about how to go to heaven. He's talking to people who are already going to heaven. We're just not there yet. And as long as we live on planet earth, it's because God wants to be manifested through his children. God wants to live his life through us. God doesn't want you to live your life through him. He wants to live his life through you. So he wants to take possession of that body that you have. And so what we do is we harden ourselves and we won't let God use our eyes. We won't let God use our ears. We won't let God use our mouth. And we won't let God use our legs. We won't let God use this body. And if we don't let God use it, it'll turn very soon, into hard, cold clay. You're a walking dead man. They have all these commercials come on to you that are walking dead. I've seen them all my life. (laughs) Will you that are dead, would you please raise your hand? (laughs) If you're not here this morning, would you let me know? Some of y'all are right with it. And then some of them says, what did he say? Did he say something? (laughs) Like my daughter, she always says 
I didn't get that. I didn't get, did you get that? Get it? I didn't even hear it. So here in uh, verse 3, that which we have seen and have declared we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father. See, before it's with us, it's got to be this way. See, if you're right between you and God, it's a lot easier to be right with other people, but not necessarily. The Bible says live peaceably with all men if what? If possible. That's in Romans 13 or 12, right toward the end of the chapter. On the right-hand page, left-hand column, one-third of the way down. In case you just need some little help. Because it's not always possible to live peaceably with everybody. I wish it was. But now get this. In verse 4, these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. So he's writing to his children, and he wants your joy to be full. And that's because you fully believe that what God says is the truth. Now look there in verse 7. It deals with our walk with the Lord. In verse 7, if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. So it's to the children of God about having fellowship and getting things right this way so that we can have things right in this way. So we know that the first several chapters is going to be talking about your personal walk with God. Your personal love between you and God. So chapter 1 and chapter 2 is going to deal with you and your father. And then in chapter 3, 4, and 5 is going to deal with your walk with other people. And loving other people. Because if you don't get this right, you're not going to get this right. And the reason you don't love a lot of God's people is because you're not right this way. It's a dead giveaway. Are you with me so far? You follow me? I'm as simple as you can get. Somebody told me I was simple-minded. Anyway, we're walking right along. Look in chapter 2. Chapter 2, look there in uh, verse 5. But before verse 5, I want to look in verse 3, 4, and 5. Because it will help explain a little bit more in verse 5. Verse 3, and hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Now, this is not talking about the Ten Commandments, but the commandment that God gave, even in the Gospel of John, to love one another. And so, when we talk about knowing God, see, I have an earthly father. Well, I had. He he died when I was 13. But I never lived close enough with my father that I got to know him. And what I didn't know, I didn't like. But that's just the way it was. So I was never really raised and taught a lot of things in a Christian home and given a lot of good moral backing and standards and convictions and things like that. I had to learn all that later. So I knew him, but I didn't know him. You might look at that little girl and you run off and get married. You say, well, I didn't know her that much. You marry her, you'll get to know her, and you'll be surprised. Well, I didn't know she was like that, and she, I didn't know he was like that, because you really didn't get time to know the person, and a lot of times I've got to counsel people on, on marriage, and I'll spend hours and hours and hours and weeks and weeks and even months counseling somebody, and they'll still get married. 
But you, you find out that I may know Christ as my Savior, and I know that my Heavenly Father, but I don't get to know Him. So God wants us to study His Word so we get to know Him. And so He says, Hereby we do know that we know Him if you learn to love like Him. And see there in verse 4, For he that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandment, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. He's not living according to truth. He's not walking with the Lord. He's not walking in the light. He doesn't love God like he ought to. And then he says there in verse 5, But whosoever, get this verse, Whoso keepeth or obeys his word, in him verily is the love of God, what? Perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. How? By the love that you learn from your heavenly Father. And if you love the Lord, then you should live like you love him. True? If you love the Lord as he is in the light, you should want to walk in the light. Why? Because that pleases God. And many of God's children will not do it. And without them even aware, when you start resisting truth in the word of God, then you are rejecting the water for the clay so that the Holy Spirit is not able to mold you into His image. And you'll defy God and you'll become hard, cold clay that God can't use. And God's going to set you aside until you get your attitude right. And then God says, if you'll confess your sin, He can deliver you from what put you there. Why are you like that? Because you believed a lie. And so you correct the lie by believing the truth. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, where we read it just a moment ago, that peradventure they will recover themselves. And that's by applying the water of the word. You can decide to be as teachable and pliable in the hands of God that you want to be. Or you can harden yourself against the will of God. So, it's a choice that people make. But look at the last part of that verse 5 because it's so good. Hereby know we that we are in him. And he that saith, in verse 6, he abideth in him, ought himself also so to what? So we're not talking about how to be saved. We're talking about how to walk. We're talking about, do you love the Lord? You see, I can't make you love God. You can't make me love God. But if I love God, you can't keep me from loving him. And I can't keep you from loving God. And if you love God, that's the power that you need in your Christian life. To love those that otherwise you'd like to strangle them. One of my besetting sins, I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to do it, is road rage. Road rage. People that don't know where they're going and ought not be on the road. And then if they do know where they're going, they ought to go ahead and get there and get out of my way. Ain't that right? She there? She can't even drive and she knows what I'm saying is true. Do you have your driver's license yet? I hope you never get them. If she ever gets them, stay off sidewalks. Now, look at the part where we're talking about in chapter 2. It deals with love. And in verse 10, you'll notice, He that loveth his brother abideth in the light means you're walking in the light. You see, walking in light and loving, they go together. But if you hate your brother and you walk in darkness, that goes together. One is flesh, one is spirit. One's right, one's wrong. But you can't hate your brother and love him at the same time. 
Now, I've got a brother, and I, I love my brother. And I remember I used to really torture him. Poor kid. I was four years older, so I was bigger. And I could do anything I wanted with my brother. And he reminds me how that later on, whenever he went to Florida Bible College, he took uh, this kung fu or this hot shot and all that kind of stuff. You know, all I knew was, you know, crowbar from Sears or something. And, uh, but I thought, oh, I hope my brother never decides to get even with me. You won't believe it, but there was a time when I was up in uh, Colorado, and I had this Christian school, and some of those little kids, some of them were little brats, and I had to, and, and the teacher wanted me to deal with them, so they'd bring all the problem kids in my office, and, and I'm supposed to spank some of them. Well, the parents gave us permission, and I had to spank some of these kids, and then when I walked around the school, all the kids would run from me because they hated the preacher because I'm the one that had to spank them. And, and, and then after, you know, years later, those kids grow up, and I went to visit, and they had a, a ball game or something, and there was this, uh, you know, people in the stand, and so I went, and I was sitting there minding my own business. The game was over, and I walked down, and this big, humongous guy walks up, and he looked down at me. He says, you remember me? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't remember. I didn't know who in the world he was, but he was a big man. He says, I went to your Christian school. He says, do you remember me when I went to your office? And immediately I fell on my knees. <laughs> I grabbed him by his knees. I said, if I ever spanked you, I was wrong. It was all my fault. You never did anything wrong. <laughs> I mean, there must have been a hundred people watching this. <laughs> you say you were joking. I was serious as a heart attack. I mean, I wasn't strong enough to lick a postage stamp, let alone. But anyway, I, uh, I got up. He laughed. I laughed. Still never remember that kid. But I know that they're around somewhere. So you've got you to watch what you're doing because, you know, years later, I used to say, you know, when you're young, you, you sow your wild oats, and when you get older, you got shredded wheat. Now, here in uh, chapter... 2 and verse 15. You'll notice now he's talking about some things not the love. In verse 15 he says, love not the world. So he's talking to his children. He's talking to those who know Christ as Savior. He says, if you love me, you can't love the world. But what I do want you to love is I want you to love one another. And so there is a difference. And so you learn how to discern how you live in your life. You see, you don't want to go through life with somebody always telling you, you know, you shouldn't do that. You know, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that. Well, then correct it yourself. Because the preacher's job is to help you to see the things that are wrong in your life. I don't like my job sometimes. I'd rather just, if you want to live like the devil, go ahead. But God says, you better, you better go tell them. Ugh. You know, it's the hardest thing in the world to tell somebody they're doing something they shouldn't be doing. Don't you feel that same way about you wanting to correct me? I'm so glad there's never anything that you ever want to correct me on. Because I am so perfect. You know, I'm lying to you, don't you? If you think I need anything correct, and just talk to my wife. She's been working on it for years. But as you read this, and you'll find out there's something God says, don't love the things of the world. 
the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Those things are going to cause you to walk in darkness. You're going to walk in the flesh. You're going to walk away from the things of God. Look at the next statement. In uh, verse 24, 1 John chapter 4 and verse 24, 2 and verse 24. Let that therefore abide in you which you have heard from the beginning. If that which you have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye shall also shall continue in the Son and in the, the Father. And that's why I wrote there in your note, truth continually obeyed produces continued fellowship. It's when you believe a lie and you stop walking with God. So that's why it's important for you to come. Every time the doors are open, you can learn some more truth, more truth, more truth. The Word of God is truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is truth. So as you learn truth, it dispels the lies. That's why if you'll feed your faith, your doubts will starve to death. But if you feed your doubts, then your faith will starve to death. And that affects your life. It affects the joy, the peace, the love, the happiness that you have in your life. And so those things can help you. Now look in chapter 3. In chapter 3, you'll notice there's a, a little verse in verse 16. And I covered this the other day with you, but we're going to look at it one more time. In verse 16, it makes a statement. Hereby perceive we the love of God. See, this is what we're looking for. If I'm supposed to love God, then I should be able to perceive what is the love of God. Well, that's where you get it from what Christ did for us. God loves us first. We love God because he first loved us. So here in this verse 16, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. See, first two chapters, loving God. Now, to prove and reveal that love that you have for God, are you willing to lay down your life for your brethren? Now, the way I look at it is, God didn't ask me to take a bullet. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I haven't been stoned yet. Well, I mean, I haven't been stoned at all. But I do believe that I have tried to give my life, lay down my life so that I can get more people to trust Christ as Savior, and I want them to serve the Lord. And so I've given time, most of my life, trying to train somebody else what the Word of God says, teaching what God's Word says. I've often wondered, if it wasn't for this, what would I do with my life? Well, I'd be on the backside of a mountain up there in Alaska someplace, living like a hermit. But then I know too much. I wouldn't enjoy it. There'd be moments of joy, but when you know you're not doing what God wants you to do, there's that guilt that will rob you of that peace and joy. So there's things you can't do because of your love for the Lord. And if you love people, then there's things in your life you can't tolerate. You see, there's things I can't do in my life you might be able to excuse but I can't do it because I don't want to ruin my testimony. You're not going to see me with a big old cigar in my mouth and drinking a Coors. Can I do that? Yes, I can. Still go to heaven? Of course, I'll still go to heaven. I can't go to hell if I tried. I ain't tried. But I don't want to damage my testimony. It's too important to me. But see, that's a personal thing that I may have. You may not have that. You need to learn how to live and walk according to what it takes you to be strong in the Lord. And God will bless you for it. He'll reward you for it. Now, look there in verse 18. Verse 18, it makes a statement. My little children, we still talking to God's children? Yes, we are. Let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. That's James chapter 2. 
That's James chapter 2. In chapter 1, it talks about be not hearers of the word only, but what? Doers of the word. And this man shall be blessed or happy in his deeds. So does the Bible tell us how to live our lives? <laughs> yes. Does God want us to live our lives in sin? No. But you'll be surprised how I get accused of preaching. You know, at Yankee, all he knows is John 3.16 and that wallet trick he does. And when I tell people you're saved by grace and you don't have to do anything to go to heaven. It's the truth. I'm not going to help anybody by lying to them. If I told you that your destination depends upon how you live your life, that'd be the biggest lie in the world. And any preacher who tells you that is lying to you because it has nothing to do with it. Once you trust Christ as Savior, you still got a choice. You can serve the Lord or you cannot serve the Lord. But you're still God's child because you have that foundation. God does not go against His Word. And that is so true. Now, chapter 4 talks about he who loveth God, loveth his brother. Chapter 5, keep yourselves from idol as a warning to not let anything come between you and the love of God. From God's viewpoint, he says, nothing can separate you from his love. But between, from your perspective, your perspective, you can let a lot of things come between you and your love for God. And when you do, it becomes an idol that you worship. I hope that makes a little sense to you. Look up here. This hand represents you and me. This is sin. We all have sin on us. God loves us. Now, he hates our sin, but he loves us. And for us, to pay for sin is eternal separation from God. But God loves us and wants us to go to heaven. And to go to heaven, you have to be perfect as righteous as God. None of us are perfect. We have all sinned. We've all come short of God's perfection. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord God in the flesh. See, God says we can't save ourselves. We need a Savior. So Jesus Christ came into the world because he loved us. Hates our sin because it separates us from him. And the sin needs to be paid. We did it and we ought to pay for it. Christ did not sin. He didn't have to pay for it. But because of love for us, he took all of our sins, paid for it on the cross, came back from the dead. Said the only thing he wanted us to do is believe he did it for us and he would put this payment to our account and we get to go to heaven on what Jesus Christ did for us. That's the best news in all the world. Salvation, going to heaven is a gift because God wants to give it to everybody because he loves everybody. But he doesn't force you to love him. He doesn't force you to take this gospel or this good news or the payment he made. You can totally reject it. But you're the loser. There's no tricks to this. God loves you that much. Will you trust him as your savior? Let's pray, shall we? With heads bowed and eyes closed and no one looking around. If you're here and you've never trusted Christ as Savior, or if you're watching by internet, then why not? Right now in the quietness of this moment, just talk to the Lord and say something simple like this. Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. Then I believe that Christ died and paid for my sin. Then I'm going to trust him as my only hope of going to heaven. Friend, if you'll trust him, God will save you. Would you trust him? Would you do that? And if you're making that decision, I want to have prayer for you. Raise your hand doesn't save you. It just lets me know that what I said made sense. So I'm asking you with heads bowed and eyes closed, would you just let me know by slipping your hand up very quickly and put it right back down? Anyone at all? Anyone at all? If you've already trusted Christ as Savior, you don't have to do it again. But this book now was written to his children. 
If you're his child, he wrote this to you. He wants you to love him. And because you love him, he wants you to love others. If you're watching by internet, right where you are, on the screen, says, yes, I'll trust Christ as my Savior. I pray that you'll do just that. Father, we thank you so much for all you've done for us. Thank you for the payment you made so that we could have eternal life. We ask now your blessings upon this time in Christ's name. Amen. Amazing grace amazes me. Dr. Arnold has many items to help you in your walk with the Lord, including videos, books, tracks, outlines to hundreds of sermons, over 4,000 radio messages, and preaching schedule. Once again, feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. That's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound, and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing.